Okay, we are here for another episode of Some Slight. Doing this episode a little different. I'm dolo today, <laughs> dolo <laughs> interview. Um, but I'm excited to sit down with Hazel Grove. Welcome. Thank you. We are um, on location for the first time at the Richmond Public Library, which oddly enough has like no books where we are. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> We're discussing how um, technology is taking over because this entire floor is just computers. For real? So, I don't actually like this is a big building, and the only books I've seen so far in this little like kids' area that we can see out the window. Like, other than that, I haven't seen books since I've walked in this yeah, building. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's a nice picture of books just on. Right? <laughs> it's very like jail like. <laughs> um, but, how are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, got up today, got me some Panera coffee, so I had a gift card type shit, so. Nice. I had Dunkin' myself. Um, busy, busy time. Yeah, I feel like honestly. everybody's been, like, hibernating and just, like, cooking. What's yeah, in the for real. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, recording with other artists and, like, um, you know, I'm working on my own shit, but I've just kind of recently kind of, like, my network is just like blown up um just from doing these shows and things like that um so i've had like a lot of clients like i'm finally making like money off of recording and producing which is really cool so i've been busy as shit with that what made you um what kind of sparked the first idea for like your first house show because like that's becoming a more common thing for you now yeah um it was definitely so i moved into this house out in manchester literally like uh in August or September um, and it's huge and I've never like lived in a house this big I have three roommates so that helps with the cost but like it's huge since it's a four bedroom and so literally and I live with my best friend Scoob um, who's also a really talented artist um, and we moved in the house and we were kind of just like immediately like yo we could throw dope shows here um, and we just started meeting all these new people and all these artists so we just wanted to kind of figure out a way to like bring them all together, I guess. And it was literally just the size of the house. We walked in and we're like, all right, we have to throw shows. So that's like where it came from, honestly. That's dope. I bet they just get better like every time. Yeah. Like that's such a common theme with events. It's like you start off kind of small mm-hmm. and then people get hit. Exactly. And it's also, you know, the first show was kind of, we had, we actually planned it with uh, Saki and uh, Ray Isaiah, who's also a really dope artist too. Um, kind of just let them, kind of worked with them, but I had never thrown a show before and they had done house shows. Um, so I kind of let them plan out the logistics and stuff and then we just talked back and forth. Um, and so the last one we did was actually the first one that we did like by ourselves. Um, and it was kind of disorganized because we hadn't done it before and there was a lot of last minute stuff, but, um, we also made the mistake of not including like our close friend group and like doing everything. We didn't communicate well, you know. Kind of me and Scoop felt like we had to do everything just because it's our house, which was not the reality. Like we had a like good group around us to do it. Um, but now we're trying to focus on just having our whole collective planning these, so it's a lot more organized and more heads in it. You know, planning it better. I had to come to terms with that too. Like event planning when you just try to take all the matters into your own hands it's just it's 
very stressful. Exactly. You have to accept the help when you can get yeah, it. Yeah, because everybody's good at certain things, too. Definitely. Like, um, our, our group that kind of plans all these is Scoob, obviously, because I live with him. And then Jai, who um, is an amazing planner. Like, her mind is just, like, pl- she plans things, which is the opposite of me, because I'm just like, you know, we'll see what happens. Let's go with the flow. You said it before. Everybody needs a woman on their team. Yeah, that's that us. And then Diana. Uh, day she just knows everybody even though she won't admit it so <laughs> and then Koya is like she's also a good planner but also Koya is just like a level head I feel like she keeps everybody like leveled out for real because she's like the calm one I feel like the peaceful one at least that's how I see it but you know that's dope everyone has their own role mm-hmm. um so I know I've seen from your Instagram is your studio in-house mm-hmm. okay. yeah we kind of during the shows, we use it as like a backstage kind of thing, which is cool because we have the studio in there. So while everybody else is like partying or listening to the, the you know the next artist, all the other artists are in the back like making a beat or like recording something. So it's really cool to like be out there partying and stuff, and then you go back there like draw back the curtain and go in and look in there, and everybody's just like cooking up, and it's just like really cool to see all that creativity flowing in a space where you're supposed to just be like enjoying the music, but they just are like always on go like they always want to be creating i remember um i had i took a shot with shy Lennox and then he was <laughs> like all right i have to go in the back and like decompress get ready for this oh yeah. like okay so i i saw the like curtained area <laughs> but i didn't know what was back there i didn't know if it was just like lounge or what but okay that's dope um so how often really are you like zoned in in that room do you think Honestly, I want to say, honestly, every day, whether it's for, like, five minutes, like, or it's for, like, all day, um, it's, I mean, it's so convenient having it in your house. Um, Like, I'll come downstairs and Scoob's already in there making something, and he'll be like, check this out, and I'm like, all right, wait, and I hear it, and I'm like, all right, can I get on that? So it's like, it's in our house, so it's like, you know, every day we can just kind of do, get in there whenever we want. Do you feel like it's, like... A double-edged sword type thing like it's great and convenient that it's in your house but it also kind of it's like are do you feel like you overwork sometimes like sometimes I feel like I just don't allow myself to stop mm-hmm. yeah I definitely feel that and that's why like um well so for the majority of the time like it's I can like so I can set aside you know I'm getting in the studio to work or I'm getting in the studio to fuck around and just have fun I'm getting in the studio to work for someone else. Like, they're paying me to do something. So, you know, I can kind of separate those, but at the same time, even when I'm j- I just plan to do it for fun, it's, like, it's still the thing that I do every day. So it does get repetitive. So I, like, recently downloaded some, like, video games on my computer. So, like, sometimes I need to just, like, just relax and do something to hang out, which is hard for me to do. Like, my Like, I'm always on go. Like, I... I, like, shake my leg a lot. Like, I'm always, like, pacing when I'm riding and stuff. And everybody thinks I'm just, like, anxious and nervous. But I'm just, like, I just have a lot of energy. So I'm always, like, trying to do something. But I got to, like, chill out. So other than now the video games, what else are you doing to, like, relax and self-care? Just take care of yourself in between Um, everything? Because you're working full-time too, right? Yeah. So I go to school and then I work part-time at a restaurant in Carytown. 
um, at Citizen Burger, and then I and then I also have the sessions. So I have like kind of like two jobs, you know what I mean, that are part time, like kind of recording people, and then also uh, a waiter, and then I have school. So it is like three different things. It's a packed um, schedule. Yeah, for real. And luckily, my school schedule is a lot easier this semester, so it's allowed me to do more with my music. But as far as what I do to decompress, um, lately I've just been trying to for my mental health, just have the whole house and the studio and everything cleaner. So that's honestly been good for my mental health and also decompressing because it's like, just it, it, something about cleaning is just like therapeutic. As much as I like put it off for so long when I finally do it, it's like, bro, this is like a whole new world. That, right, the act of it and then actually being in that space. Like, mm-hmm. I really encourage everyone to just like burn incense and like sage and everything. Like, I've been wanting to get some, honestly, because especially for like the studio, I've been trying to make it. It's one thing, another thing for like anybody's um, headspace when they come into the studio, I want to feel comfortable. Like as a producer, when I'm like in producer mode, I try to make sure that not only am I giving them like the music that they want or whatever, um, I also want them to be like comfortable because as a producer, not only are you trying to like make beats for people and stuff, you, you're trying to get the best out of the artists that you're working with. So you want them to be comfortable in a good space so that they're not nervous on the mic or, you know, their head's not like convoluted or anything. So that's another thing is like, I want to get the space a little bit more, you know, that's, catered towards that. It's kind of an aspect I haven't heard yet mm-hmm. is like a producer that focuses or like that makes that a priority like that's really yeah. important it's a, I think it's really important because the vibe of your studio and just kind of the vibe of your relationship with that person is going to determine how they sing or what they write even if they're writing in studio and just like the whole vibe because also um, I can't work with people that I can't connect with on a personal level because it's just like I we can't make good music if I can't talk to you about your life and see what's going on and why you're writing this, why you want to do this, like why are you even here basically, you know what I mean? And when I heard, the first time I heard about like the producer's job is to like get the best out of the artists and make sure they're comfortable was from an interview I watched with uh, Rick Rubin who's like one of the um, founders of Def Jam and an amazing producer, worked with like Kanye, worked with like metal bands, Beastie Boys, Run DMC, like everybody. So. I watched that video and he's a very peaceful person. He's always like burning shit in his house and he lives like on the coast. Like he like barely produces anymore. He like meditates. He would be definitely somebody like top 10 people to like meet yeah, in life. Honestly, yeah, honestly, for real. And so when I saw that, I was like, yo, that is a really good point. Like how am I going to make really good music with people if I'm not getting the best out of them? And how you do that, make sure they're comfortable and they're in a good headspace too. So, yeah. Yeah. So how many, you're probably working with like countless artists right now, or? Quite a few, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm working a lot, so I've been really focused on um, Sim's album, Sydney. Um, she was by Sim for her music, and uh, uh, so that's been like a big priority just because she had to get that song out. Um, but I'm also working with my friend Bintu, she's working on a lot of stuff. I'm working with Scoob. I'm working on some stuff with Koya, um, with Shy Linux actually. We have a couple songs. Super busy. Yeah, so quite a few people, but those are the main ones off the top of my head. But I'm working with like a lot of people. I just like to 
you know, kind of get different sounds. Anyways, just get different heads in the studio. So, are you helping with writing too, or you're mostly just like producing a bit? Um, I when people come in, I I don't try to get too deep into their lyrics unless they ask me. And then when they ask me, I'm like, yeah, let's get it, like, definitely. Um, like even, um, it's usually, you know, some sometimes it's not like, hey, can you write this for me? It's just like, what do you think I should do for this next line? Or like, let's brainstorm, let's go back and forth. Like even um, when I first worked with Shy, like when I first heard his music, I was like, this guy's amazing. You know what I mean? And I kind of was like, you know, well, he must just like do all this shit. You know what I mean? Like he's got it down, whatever. Um, but he was very. Like I didn't expect him to like ask my advice on like writing, because um, usually a lot of people won't do that, especially just because they want to have their own voice or whatever they say. Um, but since I had started the song already that he got on, he like asked me for advice, like what should I put here, and we kind of just bounce off ideas, you know what I mean, um, and kind of just see what happens. So a lot of times with writing, it's very collaborative. Rather than like I'm writing like ghost writing or something, you know what I mean. For your work in particular, like, what's what's writing like for you? Like, what what in, I don't want to just flat out say like what inspires you to write. That's mm-hmm. kind of like generic, but like I don't know what kind of headspace you have to be in. Like I hear for some odd reason like a common theme. <laughs> I guess it's not an odd reason because. Mm-hmm you are inspired when you're in a dark place, but mm-hmm. we've had multiple people on the show that have been like, they write mm-hmm. the best when they're like depressed and they write the <laughs> most when they're like down and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is it the same yeah, for you? So or you have something different? <laughs> what I'll say to that is like, I think it's very true. Like people do write a lot of great shit when they're like in a bad place or they're upset or angry or whatever. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it like, stems strictly from like sadness or anger or anything i think it's just strong emotion in general no matter what it is that really gets a lot out of people or you know gets a lot out of their writing um i think it's just strong emotion and of course i feel like it's sometimes it's easier to focus on negatives and like and of course when you're happy you don't feel that you need to write about that strong emotion because you're just like i'm good like why do i need to talk about it um but when you're in a bad place, you feel more compelled to talk about it or write about it or like get it out. And I feel like now that I'm just thinking about that, it's like maybe that's a discussion like everybody should have is why don't we want to talk about or write about when we're like really, really happy? You know what I mean? Why is it so much easier to write when you're like super sad? Yeah, I just feel like the vibe of the music, the energy of the music is just completely like it should. It should be more driven from a place of that. It's just mm-hmm. the vibe would be so much better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it comes from a place of strong emotion. And a lot of times for me, I get inspired or I get in the right headspace when I hear like that beat. I was like, you know, I'm like, damn, like that's the one. Like now I can write. You know what I mean? It's funny because I don't do a lot of, and it might be because I started as a producer before I actually started doing lyrics. Um, but I don't do a whole lot of writing outside of the studio. Like, I'll make a beat and then start writing. I usually, like, need music first, and then I start writing. Unless something is, like, really heavy on my mind, and I have to get it out and talk about it. You know what I mean? I feel like I would be the same way. Like, I would have to be driven by the music first. Mm -hmm. Are you self-taught and everything? Um, Yeah, so I, I took, like, 
Like, my mom had me in piano lessons when I was little, didn't care, just wanted to play sports. I did drum lessons for a little bit, and then I wanted money, so I sold my drums. You know what I mean? Like, I was really never, like, I never thought I would be, like, a musician or somebody who makes music, like, growing up at all, even after I graduated high school. When did you get um, serious about it? Um, probably, like, my second or third year into college is when I was like, hmm, like, I'm pretty nice. Like, <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me actually, like, pursue this. And then also, that's when me and Scoob started, because I've known Scoob since middle school. Um, but we really didn't become really close until college. So are you Richmond? Are you, are you born and raised here? So me and Scoob, well, he's from King William, um, but I'm from uh, Hanover County. Okay. Um, but we both went to Hanover High School. So we're both kind of like from the country. Um, uh, but I, I don't like to... Huh? So I know that area a little bit. Yeah, I don't like to claim Hanover because <laughs> it's like racist as fuck. And, yeah. But, um, but all throughout my life, my mom would like bring me to the city because she didn't like a lot of the people in our county because of just like the way people are very conservative kind of like stuck up and shit because it's kind of like our area is like rural suburban so it's kind of you get that mix of like really country people but also like rich preppy people um and it's a it's an interesting mix um <laughs> but it, and it's also just very white and just really just not diverse at all and there's no like art or anything it's just the country so my mom would always bring me to the city to just see different shit, not just be around the same, you know, same one type of person, like, all the time. It's a good mom. Yeah, I owe a lot to her, for real, because she would always bring me to Richmond and take me around, take me to the museum, and um, I think she's, like... And then also she made me take art lessons at the hand workshop here in Richmond. Oh. Um, it's just, like, a little art studio. Um, with you can take lessons like anybody can take lessons. It's really cool um, I've been thinking about like doing it now because I haven't done it since like high school Well, I've never heard of it. So shout out to that um, If you can yeah. plug me in with information. Yeah, I'll put that sure. on the site, too um, I feel like I had something to ask and now it's like gone out of my head <laughs> um, So how long did you how long did you do art before you stopped? Um, so do you paint or anything like that? Yeah, I like I really like to paint. Um, but that's another thing with like stopping music all the time. Like I don't have to be doing it all the time. Is like I try to do other mediums of art or take in other mediums of art. Of art. Like I love film and I love visual art too. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I used to paint and draw a lot. Mostly draw. I like ever since I was little, I would be drawing like constantly. Like I couldn't stop me literally. Um, yeah, I used to, I feel like as a kid, art, like painting, it, well not really drawing, but like probably painting mm -hmm. most, was like something I got, I was like super involved in, and then just mm -hmm. like the order and order I got, I don't know, I just lost my passion for it, and then like, do you know Bordeaux, the painter? Mm, I've heard of him. He's local, yeah. I went to his studio to paint with him, mm -hmm. and it was so hard kind of for him like to get me to just like do it I was mm -hmm. just like doubting myself so hard I was just like I don't paint anymore like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be good at this it's not gonna yeah. come out how I want it to come out and he's like why are you thinking so hard about it mm -hmm. just do it exactly <laughs> that's like for a while when I would kind of like you like I didn't do it for a long time and unfortunately what stopped me from doing it a lot was um uh, when I graduated high school I came to VCU because I wanted to do art and like drawing and painting and stuff 
but everybody, even like my guidance counselor was like, you're not gonna make money in that. So I came here, I declared, and then I got into music, so that kind of just went to the side. Um, but kind of like you're saying, when I like tried to go back to it, and or when I first went back to it, I was like, let me try painting again, and, you know, get back into this. I was like, I don't wanna, like, I don't know how to start, you know what I mean? Because I don't wanna fuck it up. And, right, like, yeah. you just don't even know, mm-hmm. like, Watching him start, it just flowed, like, he flowed so easily, and before you know it, it was like a whole, it was just a picture. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm still over here, like, I don't yeah. know what the fuck. What I, what I started doing is, I was just like, well, I don't have to, because the biggest thing, too, is I was like, what am I going to paint? Like, what do I, what do I want to put on here? And then, eventually, I was like, you know what, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to just, like, put it on there and just start doing stuff. So, I've been doing, like, very, like abstract as shit stuff like literally just kind of painting shapes and places and then like painting over them with different colors and stuff kind of just like letting my hand do whatever it wants and sometimes it comes out really cool and sometimes it just looks like a mess but it's it's really fun and therapeutic in that way because you're not stressing about it you just kind of put it on there and you go um and I really enjoyed that I think that's something like I guess that's it's probably a common thought in creatives. It's like once you start something, it's just like this has to be something, <laughs> and it has mm-hmm. to be like I don't know. You're just like this. Mm-hmm. I'm starting it, and it just can't be shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just don't want this to be shit. It's gonna <laughs> be bad. <laughs> exactly. And it's like uh, it's life. Some things are gonna be bad. Yeah. Some things exactly. are just not gonna be good. You just gotta go for it for real. Cause the more you overthink it, the really the worst it's gonna be. Honestly. Are talking kind of like advice like do you have like advice because how far are you in school right now um so I, i'm supposed to graduate in december nice okay so i'm almost there nice <laughs> do you have any advice for like someone just getting into school who maybe like doesn't really know what they want to do right now or maybe they are looking into art thinking um, about like you when you first started because you said you mm-hmm. didn't really settle into music until you were sophomore yeah yeah, about then actually when I started selling into music I you couldn't even call me a sophomore because um I like failed the shit out of everything my freshman year so I was like maybe school isn't for me so I took a whole year off and just worked as a waiter and lived in Chaco Bottom um and at at, like the end of that year I was like wow this sucks like (laughs) like living paycheck to paycheck and my parents are like more than willing to help me out financially if I'm in school. They will throw money at education, but anything other than that, they like won't help me. So when I stopped going to school, I was on my own for like the first time, like entirely. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was difficult too, because I was still young and dumb and I didn't know how to handle money. And also I was like smoking weed every day and like just like, it was like I was working to get fucked up on the weekends, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people get stuck in that and then they just keep doing that every, like every year. It's definitely something you life. have to grow out of. Like it's cool to do that for like a season and let that be like a phase you went through mm-hmm. early in life. But like, yeah, you can't get caught yeah, in that shit. Yeah, because I know so many people get stuck in it and that's just their life. Thank God I like kind of looked at myself I was like, I feel so stagnant, like I'm not going anywhere. So I was like, let me go back to school. Like maybe I still have, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. I was still undeclared at that point. But I was like, you know, at least school gives me a, uh, uh, like a, a schedule, you know what I mean? That I can like say I have shit to do, you know what I mean? Not just like work, come home, work, come home. Um, 
And yeah, and honestly, going back to school helped my music too. I would say, like, if I had advice for anybody going into college, I would say, like, if it's not for you, then get out immediately or take a break and see. Like, I think everybody stresses about graduating in four years or even three years. Some people, like, want to get out, like, super fast. But some people do that and then they graduate and they don't even want a job in their major. And so I would say, like, take your time as and, like you know, feel stuff out, like, don't try to rush it, because, and don't worry about what other people think, like, oh, they graduated in five years, whatever, like, it's not a big deal, because everybody has their own timetable, I think people look at other people, and what they're doing, and they think they have to do the same thing, and it's like, take your time, like, just, like, feel life out, you don't have to just, like, jump into shit. That's definitely a new, new advice that we haven't heard yet that I really appreciate Mm -hmm. because that's something I'm big on too is telling people to just like take baby steps like as long as you know what your goals are Mm -hmm. and you are doing something to get there like like you said it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks it doesn't matter that or what like society might tell you like Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like like you said it's not if it's not four years for you, then it's not. And if it's exactly. not even college at all for you, then it's not. Because exactly. it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. I knew, like, I knew right from graduation, I was just like, you know what? I was so, like, depressed and anxious through high school. that I was like, I just can't me see too. myself sitting through more classes again. And that's why I failed everything my freshman year. I still had, like, in high school, starting the junior year, I had really bad, like, depression and anxiety. And then I just did what everybody said I had to do, like go to college, even though I had no idea what I was doing there. And I ended up just like, like I said, like smoking, drinking, doing whatever, partying all the time, not doing anything school-wise. And it was because I was just like hiding the problems I still had and trying to like jump into this next stage of life that I wasn't ready for at all. Um, Because I was still immature and I was dumb and like I still had these issues that I hadn't dealt with too, so... How do you think you got out of that place? Um, I think I... Honestly, music helps a lot um, because... uh, It's funny, I stopped smoking weed a lot at one point, and that helped me with my school, but, like... um, And I still, like, smoke, but, like, not like I was. Like, it was, like, unhealthy. Like, literally, like, wake up, smoke. All right, I'm coming down, let me smoke. Like, just stay high type shit. But um, I was kind of like, I was like, damn, I'm really having trouble writing music. Like, I can make the beat, but then I can't write a song because I'm too fucking high. So I was like, if anything, stop smoking for the music, dude. But, like, it also helped my school, and it helped me get more motivated and stuff. You know what I mean? Because I know people who are stoners, and they stay high, and they get shit done because that's the way their brain works. Mine, as soon as I smoke, I'm on the couch. Like, I am a lazy, high person. And I get the munchies like shit. Like, and it helps to be self aware. Like, know if you <laughs> know that about yourself. Know yeah. if you're one who can smoke and get shit done, or know if you're a person who can't. And yeah, because yeah, literally more power to those people. I'm jealous, but like <laughs> I can't. Like I have to. I have to really watch where or really just when I smoke because um, I'm not getting shit done for the rest of the day if I do. So like even with studio sessions, I'll. Um, there's always weed in the studio, it seems like, like always, or some, some of the drink. And so, but like, if I'm really trying to get shit done, I'm like, you know, somebody will pass me a blunt. I'm like, uh, let me wait till the session is over. Then I can smoke and enjoy what I just did. 
You know what I mean? Rather than like smoking at the beginning of the session, I don't get anything done because I'm too high to do it. Yeah. So it's like know how these things affect your body and like, you know, by all means, like do them if you want to, but be responsible about it. I feel like a dad saying that, but at the same time, like, you know, they can be, we can be beautiful, like a beautiful thing, you know, help you with your art, but it can also hinder your art. And it really just, you know, depends on how you're using it. it, it and even food, everything, how, like what you put into your body is extremely important. And I've been trying to be more conscious about that too. Like just food, I'm trying to cut out like beef and, and like cow's milk and stuff. So, but yeah, I think just getting organized helped me a lot, getting out of that funk and stopping all the drinking and smoking like constantly definitely helps with that. Do you like, so you said you're cutting out beef and dairy, are you headed into like veganism or anything like that? I don't know, cause I love eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I love chicken, so I don't think that, that's not my goal at least right now. Literally, I'm just kind of listening to my body, honestly, cause I work at a burger place. And so I would like eat the burgers that they make there and then my stomach would be like fucked up and be like, why did you eat that fat ass burger with all of that red meat? Like why? And so I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't eat this shit. And so now I just get the chicken sandwich because I don't feel like shit after I eat it. Um, so <laughs> red meat. Is, listen to your body. Yeah, literally just like feel it out. If you feel like shit, then you probably shouldn't eat it. <laughs> and, and also cow's milk was just like watching the videos you know, that have come out of these places that, and I feel bad too because, you know, there's videos of the places with the chicken too and how terrible it is. Um, so it's all, it's like that whole industry is fucked up. But when I saw the cows and also the blood go going into the milk and stuff, when I was watching it, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm gonna just stick with almond milk. I was gonna say, which milk? Cause I've heard like, oh my God, there's what? Oat milk, rice milk. Almond milk. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of alternatives. Though. I know. I've only really ever tried almond milk, and I like it, so I haven't tried anything else. It'd be I cool to like experiment, I guess. I get the almond milk with honey. It has mm. honey in it. Sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Is that like it already comes packaged like that? Mm -hmm. Where do you get that from? <laughs> um, I've gotten it. At first, I could only find it at Kroger, but now I found it at. Publix too. Check it. I forgot who it's by. It's like white with like a blue top. We're still recording. We're talking about that. But um, <laughs> I know um, you said that uh, there's a house show coming up. Mm -hmm. So what's what can we expect from the house show? Yeah. So it's February 29th. Um, so going forward, uh, we're gonna start having these house shows. Um, every last weekend of every month. Okay. So the last yeah. weekend of every month, um, just to make it more consistent, and also give us time from show to show, you know. Um, but this one, uh, we definitely wanted to, you know, make it. Uh, and I want to reiterate when I say we, um, because I want to shout out to like the team that helps me put all this together: Scoob, uh, Jai, Koya, and Day. Um, are all awesome and I couldn't like do this stuff without them so a lot of these ideas when I say we they came from one of them not just like me so um, but we wanted to make this one um, R&B theme since it is you know the month of, of you know Valentine's Day um, 
And uh, it just so happened that like all of our favorite local R&B singers are all women and all black women. So that's dope too, since it's Black History Month. Um, uh, so it's gonna be a dope show because everybody is just like amazing. They're, they're all really good singers. So it's gonna be about five or six acts, all female R&B singers. Um, and our shows are always just a really great vibe. Everybody comes to hear the music, you know? Like as soon as the last act goes off, so many people leave. Because they weren't there for a party, they were there to like actually listen to music, which I really appreciate, because I've been to far too many house shows where people are just like getting fucked up and being loud and not listening to the music. Um, so, and our, our place is a really safe space. Like everybody is just like, I don't know what it is, whether it's the house or it's just the people that are attracted to what we're doing, but I've never had any problems with like the house being trashed or fights or anything like that. So you can expect just a really chill vibe, but also, you know, we'll get lit for some shit too. So um, it'll be drinks. Um, we're looking at kind of maybe having certain things for sale, like going forward, maybe doing like vendors and stuff. Um, but we haven't really quite gotten that together yet. But we might have a few things for sale, maybe like some Jello shots or something too. So that's dope. Yeah. I'm excited. We're yeah, definitely so. gonna pull up to that. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Well, we're gonna wrap here. Do you wanna um, tell us your social media? Yeah, it's uh, it's Hazel Grove um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but it's three V's like Valentine's three V's for Hazel Grove. Because some asshole has my name on it. <laughs> and he hasn't posted anything in years. I'm about to, like, email Instagram. I feel the same way. Like, Great Brit is taken on Twitter and Instagram. Unless you put, like, underscores in dumb mm-hmm. places and shit like that. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <sighs> Again, that account has not even been like they don't tweet. It's not active at all, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, Hazel Grove, but with three V's in the Hazel Grove. So wait, before do you have music coming from yeah. you personally? Yeah, so I'm actually working right now on a project that I want to release probably like come summer, okay. um, and I'm actually working on a music video right now with uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Lucian, if you've seen her stuff on any Maybe. social media. She's an extremely talented videographer and photographer. Um, And she's really just an artist because I've talked to her about how she wants to get into all kinds of art. She's super talented. Um, uh, And she's only a senior in high school. When I first linked with her, I like didn't know her just from like social media is the only way I knew her. And I just thought her stuff was was amazing. So I was like, we got to do a shoot. And so we're like walking, chilling, talking. She's like, yeah, how's VCU going? I'm like, it's good. I was like, what year are you? And she was like, I'm a senior. And I was like, wait, I thought you were younger than me. She's like, in high school. I was like, what? (laughs) So she's extremely talented for her age. Like, she's just going to keep going up. Like, she's insane. But I'm working with her on a a music video that's supposed to come out on my birthday, May 20th, is what we're aiming for. Um, And I'll probably have at least one single come out before then. and so yeah, there's definitely gonna be some new stuff coming out, and it sounds like nothing like my old stuff, because um, that music is like maybe two years old. It might have come out like a year ago, but it was like a process for you, of, yeah, yeah, getting it all together. Because um, I'd never put a project together, so this one's gonna be a lot more cohesive, um, like album style. I don't know if I can call it an album, cause like I don't know. There's album, EP, you know, LP, whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're I'm all the same learning. at this point with streaming services. You <laughs> very know? true. Um, so this one's gonna be very cohesive, very album-like. I want it to all, you know, blend together. You know, so 
yeah, look out for it. I'm excited. Cool. Excited. Yeah. We'll keep eye out for that. And mm-hmm. for you said Lucian, mm-hmm. I'm going to look out. I don't think that I follow Definitely her. check her out. She's awesome. Well, thank you for yeah, sitting course. down with me. Um, we'll definitely look for you soon. And let's see. By the time this comes out, we would have already had the late lover's holiday. So mm-hmm. hope everybody enjoyed it <laughs> by this point. <laughs> All right. Signing off. Stay lit and stay safe, RBA.